0: Good morning, everyone. We are going to start in a bit of a different place than we normally start the show, but it is a frequent place we go on the show. We're going to start talking about education numbers. New reports are out. Uh, actually, they're calling it a report card on uh, the education of children during COVID-19 and what's happened. So um, my uh, my initial inclination, I am I am I uh, uh, really want to go down the road of the politics of the shutdown and the screaming and the yelling that everybody did. Pointing fingers isn't necessarily the right way to go, although to, I'm being very honest with you here. These are the kinds of problems that I see in the vitriol and the anger that happens. Um, I've I mentioned many times, I hate the politics of education. I hate it um, because it pits people against each other and makes them enemies. Um, but what happened with these shutdowns is exactly what the anti-shutdown people said was going to happen. We have seen a dramatic drop. As a matter of fact, I want you to hear a little bit of this ABC report on just how bad it has gotten math and reading scores for nine-year-old students fell sharply during the first two years of the pandemic, according to a new federal study. Reading scores saw their largest drop in 30 years while math scores had their first decrease in the history of the testing program by the National Center for Education Statistics. The declines hit all regions of the country and affected students of most races, but students of color saw the steepest decreases, further widening the racial achievement gap. And when we look at that racial racial achievement gap, and we look at some of the reasons why, that some families that are living in communities where they don't have access to high-speed internet, they don't have access to devices that made it conducive to learning at a distance, all of these things that were going on, and that was the warning, along with the fact, and I don't, this I promise you I won't go down the road too far, um, all in, the, in the time when we were watching, and I watched every day, I still do it every week. Um, When the new numbers come out in the Arizona Department of Health Services website, I look at the numbers and I document the numbers and do the math on the numbers every week. I used to do it every day. And from the beginning of the coverage and the reporting of COVID-19, children had by far and away – the least number of hospitalizations, the least number of deaths by a, by a large margin. As a matter of fact, to date, there have been 68 people under the age of 20 that have died with COVID-19. Now, I don't know if that's with COVID-19 or for, from COVID-19. Don't know what that is, and I also don't know what their comorbidities were or those things that where this could have pushed them over the edge. But there have been 68 deaths since the beginning of the recording of COVID-19 numbers. People over the age of 65 is over 22,000. So just keep in mind, you know, that and then the problem with it was um, what the people that were in favor of shutting down schools and actively did shut down schools. Let's not forget that teacher organizations in Arizona actively shut down schools. They did. They would talk. And we have the video. So I'm not speaking out of turn. And trust me, as much as they despise the things I say, if I was lying about them, there'd be lawsuits and a lot of other things. But we have videos of them saying that they were doing a sick out we can't call it a sick out because it's against our contract but everybody knows what it is and so we have school districts Scottsdale Unified School District the days after Thanksgiving it was shut down in person and shut down online because teachers were calling in sick and it was overtly political and you know all of the crazy things that were going on was adversarial between the parents there were parents that wanted their kids in school, there were parents that didn't want masks, and there were schools that were just adamant about shutting down. You know, it was – and then there was a time when they had some – they kept saying, follow the science. And at the time, the Arizona Department of Health Services website had some thresholds. And when all of the thresholds were met, it would be safe to go back into schools. The Phoenix Unified High School District – or the Phoenix – I'm sorry, Phoenix High Schools um, – Phoenix Union is what it is. Phoenix Union's high school district. Uh, they didn't go back to school. They didn't go back to school. And then they cited um, zip codes and all of these other things. And these were in neighborhoods where the schools are not just a place where kids go to get an education, it was a community center. It was kids get fed there. There was a lot more that was needed for children. So these numbers are showing the shocking drop in what happened. Now, I want you to hear the other part of this. We, we've been talking about the voucher program in, Ar- in Arizona and the expansion of it. And why are people doing this? And I've told you I hate the politics of education. There is this uh, assistant principal who was caught on video, Project Veritas. Of course, everybody hates them, but th- you can't argue with what's being said here. Uh, they've got on videotape a principal bragging or assistant principal bragging about how they um, they uh, get rid of teachers that don't agree. Agree with them. So this part here talks about what they do when teachers that are Catholic apply. So then, what do you do a Catholic? If you find out someone is Catholic, gonna... <laughs> he laughed and said, "You don't hire him. You don't hire him. And now you want to talk about a bit of indoctrination. Here's what he said about teachers and having kids. Think in a more liberal way. Teaching them how to think. Mm-hmm. That's it. It doesn't matter what they think about it. If they think about it in a logical, reasonable way, that becomes their own. Like, oh so you kind of like it. i to just in a more liberal way.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, teaching them to think in a more liberal way. Now he goes on to talk about why progressive teachers are better. I believe the, the more progressive teachers are actually more savvy about delivering a democratic message without really ever getting into politics. It's subtle. They'll never say, oh, this is a liberal or a democratic way of doing this. They just make that to This is how we handle things. It's subtle. It's subtle. This is how we do things. We teach them to think in a more progressive or liberal way without actually talking about politics. Progressive teachers are better at that. It's subtle. We are subtle at delivering the message. And now, how do you make sure parents don't find out um, that you're actually doing this? And how do you
1: make
0: sure the parents don't find out? They can find out. So long as you get such an politics. And then later down the line, they're going to vote different and you will a break service so they can find out as long as you don't mention politics but it is an agenda do i think this guy represents the vast majority i don't but this is when parents are complaining. There should be no politics in school, and this is what we're talking about. There is a difference between education and indoctrination. And when a parent goes to a school district and they're told they're crazy, they are domestic terrorists. They are well, they're going to fight for their children. You know, I had this happen to me, um, and uh, my oldest came home and said, "My teacher said that Democrats care more about social issues than Republicans do." Well, she was raised in a pretty conservative house at the time I was pretty outspoken and traveling the country and speaking at events and um so she called the teacher out on it. I called, asked for a meeting. She was the world history teacher at Greenway High School. And um, we had a meeting that was short and was not confrontational, but there was certainly not any kind of understanding. And I explained to her that I care deeply about social issues. I just think there's a different remedy than you do. And she went on to say, well, students are allowed to question me. And I explained a 15-year-old doesn't have the capacity to differentiate between your opinion and what you teach as fact. When you stand up as a history teacher and you say Democrats care more than Republicans and you're teaching from a textbook, even though that's not on the page, they don't know that that's just your opinion. So this battle has been going on for a long time. So the reason why the two issues are being spoken about right now is that we have seen the grades for children, their ability to read and perform math skills have plummeted. And they've been low, in Arizona especially, they've been low for a long time. They've plummeted even further. And yet, we continue to have these conversations. Right or wrong, good or bad, we can argue it all day. What about priorities? Can anybody out there, I don't care where you are in the political spectrum, can you tell me that any of these curriculums outside of STEM, outside of teaching them to read, to comprehend, to speak English, to write... Math, can you tell me that there's any curriculum right now in America, I don't care if it's critical race theory, if it's this social emotional learning stuff, or any of these gender things or sexual identity, can you tell me that any of those are of greater or equal importance to getting our children to read and perform math? And if you think that that's what the schools are for, no offense, but you're part of the problem. I have many friends who are very liberal Democrats. I can get along with anyone. I don't disassociate myself with someone because of their political leanings. But if you're going to go into a school system and you're going to be an activist, if you're going to rise to being a principal or an assistant principal in a school and you're bragging and having a glass of wine with someone and you're bragging about we are not going to have teachers that think this way. You just don't hire them. And we hire progressive teachers that know how to talk to kids and get them to think like a liberal without actually talking about politics. It's subtle, but that's what we do. Every parent should be concerned about that. Every parent should be concerned about that. When I would go and speak in the high schools... And one in particular, the social studies, the person that ran the social studies program had a very big concern that I was going to go in there and start preaching conservative politics. And they had every right to think that I reassured and reassured and said, I'm not going to talk. I'll talk about my opinion on things, but I'll be fair. And I went in and let the kids ask questions and we talked about things and I gave them my opinions and I listened to theirs and we all learned something about each other. And it was a really good time at the multiple times I did it. But they had every reason. Reason to be concerned that I was going to go in and preach my brand of politics but that's a two way street when you are in indoctrini- indoctrinating people into a political way of thinking at a young age you are doing a disservice to that child as first and foremost but you're also subverting the parents it just doesn't make any sense coming up in a moment um, we are going to get a preview President Biden gives a speech on the soul of America we'll talk about it next Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. All my exes
1: live
0: in Texas not exactly true. (laughs) Um, Thanks for being here this morning. Um, The president of the United States is going to be giving a speech on um, the soul of America. And I don't know what the point is, but the preview of what's happening, um, if you remember, and I remember very well, um, a large portion of this country was very upset with the previous administration and the division that America was feeling. And then it was time for us to drop the vitriol and drop the rhetoric and uh, be Americans again. And and we can disagree, but um, we've got to stop with the hate and with the anger and, and the mean tweets and all those things. And I will tell you that I agreed in a lot of ways that, um, as I said before, I voted for Donald Trump twice. I didn't always agree with what he said. And um, I also would, it made me laugh in a way that there were people that I've been connected to politically speaking that have known me for years casually that um, all of a sudden ostracize you when you dare speak out and say, I disagree with somebody in my own party that exists in both parties. Um, I didn't like what president Trump said about John McCain, especially about POWs in general when he made the comment he likes people that weren't captured. And I will tell you that uh, within the military, the, one of the most honored groups in the military are POWs. Um, there are groups in the military that are significantly honored when other veterans meet them when they walk into a room. If you have earned the Congressional Medal of Honor, if you were a CMH recipient, POWs, and the code talkers. And I've been in rooms with people. And when they walk in, even highly decorated members of the mil- military stand up and take notice. So there was a conversation in this country that that needs to stop. That when you make those kinds of statements as the president of the United States, what you do is conjure up the angriest among your supporters and embolden them to do and say angry things. And we got Joe Biden. Joe Biden. Joe Biden was going to unify the country. He said for a long time, I am a Democrat, but I will be a president for all Americans. Well, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, was asked, um, you know, what's the what's the speech going to be about? And uh, what's the president going to talk about? And I want you to hear what she had to say about MAGA Republicans the president thinks that there is an extremist threat to our democracy the president has been clear as he can be on that particular uh, piece when we talk about a democracy when we talk about our freedoms uh, the way that he sees is the maga republicans are the most energized part of the republican party uh, the, that extreme this is an extreme threat to our democracy to our freedom uh, to our rights uh, they just don't respect the rule of law Okay. Um, first you demonize, then you marginalize, and then you call them dangerous, and that's what happens. I don't agree with, what everybody in my, with, with anybody in my party all the time, and they don't agree with me. I have maintained civil relationships with most people, but there are unreasonable people in every political stripe. Everyone. Now, I want to give you an example, and you tell me how you would respond. When, when Donald Trump was supposed to be at the time was the most divisive person on the planet, when we had the Black Lives Matter protests that in some places turned into riots, even I came on the air and said we always have to make a distinction between the people who I didn't agree with their principle and what they were protesting. We have to make a distinction between the people that wanted their voices heard and the people in that crowd that used it as a tool to commit acts of violence breaking windows, looting shops, burning things, that there's, there is a difference, and we have to keep that difference. But it happened. We know that it happened all over the country. Happened in Baltimore. We had uh, Scottsdale got hit by some Antifa protesters. Um, so wh- whatever it was, Antifa or if it was Black Lives Matter, whatever it was, if President Trump said, I'm going to give a speech, a national primetime speech – about the soul of America and at the time the White House press secretary, whichever one it was, were to stand up and say the president believes that there is a part of the Democratic Party that is a threat to democracy and they're burning cars and they're looting buildings and they're destroying property and they don't respect the rule of law. Would you call that a unifying speech and what would you like it? The answer is no, you wouldn't. It would be throwing gasoline on a fire. So this to me, if he does this, if he does this the way they're describing, it is going to further divide this country. And you remember he was elected to unify America. Does anybody believe this is going to unify America? And I don't think it will. In a moment, Gatos joins me. It's the big Q poll question of the day, so stick around for it.
1: The Gatos Big
0: Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers.
1: Hey, good morning, Gatos. Are you behaving over there?
0: Yeah, as much as I usually do. I haven't done anything worse than I've done any other day. <laughs> Why Wait, are you, you wanna,
1: asking? You want to make fun of Katie Hobbs right now?
0: Why? What uh, did she do I, now?
1: Well, here's my cue. Are you ready? Sure. She's uh gubernatorial candidate i don't know if you knew that but she's running against uh carrie lake yes hobbs Mm -hmm. has a new ad out and she says she's going to be tough on the border do you believe her (laughs) yes or no so i talked to katie hobbs on the show maybe two months ago and we were talking about the border and all and i said listen you're a democrat but you got to you got, let's be honest. Biden's a disaster at the border. He's the worst president at the border ever. And then she went into And I said, you know that, right? And then she started making fun of, or not making fun. Then she started talking about Donald Trump. And I'm like, well, Trump's not the president. Well, he did this, that. I said, yeah, but, but are you going to tell me that Joe Biden's doing a good job on the... I don't, I don't know if Katie Hobbs is serious about the border. She hasn't proven that she's serious about the border. If, you ha- if I ask you a question about Joe Biden and how awful he is on the border and you start getting into Donald Trump, I'm not so sure you're going to be tough on the border. Right.
0: Well, and uh, do me a favor, if you don't mind. Let her know that I'm not a bad guy and that they should return our calls and come on this show. Okay. <laughs> Oh, you haven't had her on at all yet? Um, I don't think, not in, not in the capacity of a candidate, I don't think. I've interviewed her for TV, but I don't know that she's been on here, and we, we're not hearing back, and we would really love to give her an opportunity to talk on the show.
1: Well, you're talking to the wrong guy. There's not a politician out there that likes me, so a <laughs> call for me isn't going to do nothing for you, my friend. <laughs> you know, uh, we've got to twist, twist arms sometimes to get these politicians on, but, uh, you know, listen, just because she's a Democrat doesn't mean she could be ineffective on the border, but... You know, if she's gonna if she's gonna argue, uh, you know, her argument is well. Let's not talk about Biden. Let's talk about Trump. That's not, yeah, you know, you know, that's that's not a good way to go about it. And I don't know how you're gonna convince independents like me that you're gonna be good on the border.
0: Well, I like the question as always. It's very compelling and timely. It's
1: Compelling, it's it is. timely and compelling. Yes, it's both. If yeah. you think about it, it's timely and compelling. It is, and um... <laughs> <laughs> I'll get on the phone. I'll call. I'll call Katie Hobbs myself. Yeah, she, she really. She'll want to hear from me.
0: All right. You know what? I'll reach out to your producer. He's a little bit more diplomatic. Much better. Yeah, there's no doubt. All right. Thanks, Gatos. See you, man. All right. The Big Q poll question of the day brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Coming up just after uh, 9 o'clock. We are going to speak with the Maricopa County attorney, Rachel Mitchell, who uh, is changing some policies on how they handle criminals and how they handle plea agreements and what they're going to do about prosecuting violent criminals in Maricopa County. I think it's a significant enough change. We're going to ask why and we're going to ask for details and we're going to talk about staffing and everything else that goes into law enforcement and then prosecution of crime. So all that's coming up here in a couple of moments.